0: Welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast all about the Chelsea women's team. I'm here with Abdullah Abdullah after Chelsea have reached the FA Cup semi-finals with a 3-1 win over Reading. Abdullah, a bit of a weird match all round, but we have to kind of start with, I think, talking about the weirdness that was the experience of listening to this on the FA player and... So, for the first half, I wasn't listening to the commentary because I had been at the Lewis United game, so I was kind of, like, watching on my phone, but I was still walking around chatting to people. And then in the second half, I sat down in a pub to watch it, put the commentary on my headphones. Whew. Um, It's not hard... It's not an easy job, sorry, to be a commentator. So, I normally don't like to talk too much about these things, but this was, like... A bit of a joke wasn't
1: it uh just a little bit I mean at, at one point I thought I was saying this to you earlier I was like at one point I thought oh, maybe I'm wrong have I been have I been if I've been saying to seeing hearing the wrong things for the, the main my entire career here you know player name pronunciations and whatnot and I was like no I went to Twitter and I went no everyone everyone's agreeing with me without I mean I just thought I I know I'm not an idiot so it was just crazy I was like am I really listening to this have I like completely glossed over you know Chelsea season or, or what's going on because some of the stuff that was said was absolutely insane. I was just like, okay. I mean, you know what, to be fair, at some point that was more interesting than the game itself at some point. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the player mispronunciations, I'm like, okay, I guess if you get kind of put on this game, maybe last minute or maybe you don't know, but I don't know. I just feel like, Regardless, you would like to think that the commentators were at least in and around the women's game enough to know that how you say Guru Wrighton, or to know that Guru Wrighton's a starter for Chelsea. Like it's obviously it's uh, you know, an industry where you're often covering lots of things across lots of leagues, and I really do genuinely want to be as fair as possible. And also in some ways, the FA player does do a good job in terms of we are able to watch a lot of games. You know, there are like a number of other leagues in Europe where if the game isn't one of the two selected for your main um, broadcast deal, you just don't see them at all. But it's just so frustrating because it feels like it's the bare minimum. And I think in a world where commentary, is very dominated by certain types of people. And then you hear those types of people who maybe aren't invested in the women's game getting those opportunities. You just think, why isn't there more being done to help kind of diversify and help have a better uh, selection of people, a more engaged selection of people doing commentary on the games that we are watching? Because... It is ultimately just a bit of an embarrassment for everyone. Okay, run over from me. Um, what did you make of this game generally, Abdullah? I think the, as you kind of touched on there, the, the commentary was just one weird facet of, of the whole thing.
1: Um, I just, it was just, it was one of those games where I was like, you know, you could easily, you know, this was a game where you thought, all right, change team. Right, regardless of the change team, Chelsea should be able to navigate through this, um, you know, through this game without too many issues and and without too many problems. And there's enough quality on that pitch to to, to kind of maybe dispatch Reading early on. But some of the, I think the attacking play was all right. I mean, I, I don't think that was too much of the issue. Yeah, they could have scored a few more, but you know, they still, they scored a couple of early goals. They kind of settled into it, got easy. I was more shocked about our defending. I mean, that defending was just like, are you just gifting Reading goals? Like I, I was thinking earlier, like if, if Santral's guard had a quieter head on her shoulders in that game and not just being angry, and uh, you know, the entire time, they could have easily scored a couple of goals and that could have just been a disaster. You know, it's just I was just like, these are four all right, maybe three out of four starting quality defenders. And this is the defending we're doing against Reading. Leon must be looking at it and going, OK, we have a chance. Like, this is this is crazy. So, yeah, I think, I think for me the defending was really what stood out in terms of a, a shock, you know, all things considered. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know what you thought.
0: Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, to, to find that balance between when you know lots of rotations have been made, when you know the team has an eye on a bigger game in the week that's obviously going to be seen as more important than this one, ultimately. But really, when we were looking at that defence, that wasn't really the bit that was super rotated. Because in terms of playing Magda Eriksen, Millie Bright and Jess Carter, obviously then you've got Alsu Abdelina kind of tucked in there as well. But those first three are players who play together all the time. Um, And I totally agree with you that one, I think Santa Trollsgar was just on a mad one. I had a lot of respect for her in this game because I was like, she was single handedly trying to drag Redding through it with a loss of fury, but sometimes that works, you know? Like, sometimes that's what you need in these games. But yeah, I, th- I think it was kind of a disappointing defensive display. And I think we were lucky that the goal we conceded, which was then ruled out for offside, which was also a very whole bizarre thing where. We waited so long for that, even though there's no VA. <laughs> oh, there was no reason to wait for it. Um, but I think it was lucky that that didn't allow Reading back into the game, and that by the time they did get a goal, they, they we were 3 0 up, so it was only 3 1. Um, but we'll talk a bit more about the specifics of the defence, I think, later in the show. Let's go to a 3 a match review here. Um, I'll let you have a think while I do some from Twitter. Craig Jenkins coming in. With the, this is the best one. No one is topping this this week. With the righten slash roiten slash rooten. Um, yeah, just some of the myriad pronunciations that we got to hear uh this afternoon. Abulele at Chulumanko coming in with also also deserves minutes. Close shot says fix that defence. Camilla comes in with can't start Magda. And then that emoji where it's looking out from from one eye. Uh, Abdullah, what are you going for?
1: I think uh, Leon looks scary is what I'm going to go with because, yeah, we're going to get into it, but like the way we played against Reading and, and, you know, obviously a couple of weeks ago we played against Arsenal and then lost in that manner. It's just, it's, it's, it's a little bit scary of what this Leon game could actually end up with. So, yeah, Leon looks scary right now.
0: I'm going with teetering on edge which I know is kind of cheating because there could be a the in there, but I just said it like fast in an Irish kind of way, like <laughs> teaching on um, Just because when we look, I think, at the squads and the injuries that we're clearly picking up, we're going to talk about like the academy players and stuff. And I think that was a, a great thing to be able to see, to have, you know, four academy players coming on in this game. But it also was a result of how few players we have currently available. And the squad definitely feels like it's it's running a very, very thin line. But we are talking about the game against Reading that took place on Sunday, the 19th of March. That is today, if you're in my NABULA's time. Uh, in the Women's FA Cup at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, Reading won Chelsea three goals from Jess Carter, a penalty from Maren Mielder and a Gurreiton goal. Gave Chelsea their three. Santa Trolls card, as mentioned, got one back for Reading... Let's talk about this team then, Abdullah. So, I, I mean, when the lineup came out, I tweeted being like, this team is vibes. Because I was looking, and I was looking, and I pride myself as being someone who's normally quite good at fitting the pieces into what I think Emma Hayes' plan was going to be. But I had no clue for this one. So, we had Zachira Musevich, also, Abdelina, Magda Eriksson, Millie Bright, Jess Carter, Sophie Ingle, Jesse Fleming, Maren Mielder, Nee Charles, Guru Wrighton, Johanna Rittenkannarud. From your perspective, how did this all actually look when it was on the pitch?
1: Um, weird, because it just felt like there was an overload of players in one certain position, because a lot of them play in one position, and there was like nothing in the other. Like, I saw I, I, I saw, I agree with you. It just looked like total vibes. It just looked like Emma Hayes just went, who are the 11 players I can pick that I probably can pick? I'm only going to pick two or three of them for Leon, and then the rest of them I can just kind of throw in. And this was that 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 sort of lineup because I'm like, okay, we have, do we have like one too many defenders, one too little, you know, midfielders and then like no strikers and then one too many right wingers because it just really felt like we were lopsided to, to, to one... Extent And when you get onto the field, you're like, I know that this, this, this lineup that we're looking at here is um, showing us playing a 3-5-2, but I don't know, was it a 3-5-2? Was it a 4-3-3? Was it a 4-4-2? Like it just, it just kind of felt like all over the place at some point because sometimes I saw Alta Abdelina, um, you know, at left back, sometimes she was at left wing, you know, Neve Charles was kind of playing as like this weird false nine sort of position and the only thing that really, to me, felt like made that made sense was Miel, de Engel were at the base and then Fleming up front. So I thought there were parts of it that worked uh, and parts of it that didn't work that looked very, very confusing. Um, but, um, you know, but look looked very, very confusing. But like, you know, it sort of worked except for the attack where I felt like we were just, there was just no real focal point. I don't know if it was Neve Charles's false nine, was Guru Wright in this false nine, or they were interchanging. I don't know, but it's clear that we need to buy a striker in the summer. There is no, there is no like, there is no thing. No, you need to buy a striker in the summer. I don't care who it is. Someone needs to come in because we cannot go into a game, resting Sam Kerr like this and having two wingers as the two strikers in this system. It was just weird.
0: Yeah, I was um, with my friend Flo, and I was like, oh, I don't know who's going to start as the number nine. Maybe it'll be Neve Charles. And she was like, what, Neve Charles? And I was like, we've seen it before this season. Um, But yeah, I kind of took it as a 4-3-3, with Guru being the ostensible nine. But I agree with you. It was very fluid, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, In fact, actually, I think at points, it kind of did help us um, and I thought actually, you know, we'll talk a bit more about um, the individual performances in a bit, but I, I thought Guru performed very, very well, given um, it was definitely an unfamiliar position for her, whether it was kind of her or Neve playing up front. But let's just look at the stats as well. Seven shots for Reading to Chelsea's 10, two of theirs on target to us 6, 41% possession for Reading, 59% for us, 59% pass accuracy for them, 69% for us, 15 fouls for them. Sixteen for us. They got three yellow cards. We got zero. Three corners for Reading. Six for Chelsea. This is this just shows that it was such a bitty game.
1: I I I thought it was um you know I thought it was I thought it was definitely uh, a game where like you look at the stats like you said it it just it was total domination right ten shots six on target it's almost sixty percent possession double the passes you know decent pack a- accuracy but. I don't know. To me, the on-field sort of display was a lot more. was a lot less um, convincing than what the stats. That's the stats are showing. I think. I think that's that that's definitely that's definitely what I saw. And I think once we started bringing on the, you know, the um, the academy players and things like that, obviously things are going to things are going to start changing. You're not going to get as much. Coherency and 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 um, maybe slick and smooth passing and things like that, you know, as the as the game wears on. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. Is this Because it was, just, yeah, was one of those games where the stats show one thing, and they show like, wow, okay, fine, Chelsea you know played really well in the stats, but when you really look at the game, you're like, you know, it probably you know it it has got more than meets the eye kind of time kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, I mean. It definitely was a game which I also felt was very determined by the fact that Chelsea scored two goals in three minutes, um, which I think was very much to our benefit. But we will take a quick ad break here. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show. Okay, so I think there are quite a lot of things to talk about in this game. Maybe we should start with Guru Wright and this kind of playing up front type role. That she was doing because, on the face of it, it was an incredibly productive game for her. Uh, an assist, she won the penalty, which I thought was that was really really good bit of play um, from her part to kind of show the desire and to get her body, body in front of the running player, and then obviously she finished off that that very nice goal, the third goal, where we had the turnover in midfield. I don't know. Were you kind of? It's a tough one, right? Because obviously we saw players like Sam Kerr, we saw players like Lauren James being rested. But then you've got a player like Guru playing a pretty significant chunk of minutes. And not only that, being really expected to to bring that level because so much behind her has changed. Was that a bit of concern for you? A
1: little bit. I, I thought, you know, like, obviously you've rested two of the three of the starting, you know, st- you know, three attacking players in, in, in James and Sam Kerr. I honestly, I think all things considered, I probably would have rested Guru as well. I, I understand why she would have started because Emma Hayes would have wanted at least one of the three with some minutes in their legs and and kind of go from there. But maybe I think I either would have had to have the plan as already bring Guru off, at, you know, at, at halftime, regardless of what's going on, because at the end of the day, you want to prioritize, you know, the Champions League over the FA Cup if you really had to pick it, right? Um, and I mean, I mean that thirteenth minute when when Gura went down holding her shoulder, and then that injury, and she kept you know I think through the game she kept holding her shoulder, and that that was a little bit of a scare, right? I mean, I don't want that to come back and haunt us, you know, in in a few days time or in a few weeks time, where you know another bit of aggravation and she's out for you know x amount of time. So that was a little bit of a concern. I you know I I would have even maybe I mean I know it's 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 it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, but maybe you've started like a claypole or somebody just the kind of instead of girl and then just play with canarid you know neve Charles and plus one or even moved up uh moved also up to, to left midfield and then kind of made me had a reshuffle over there because um at least then you've 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 given the three best attacking players that you have a full rest you know okay fine maybe if you wanted to bring one of them on with like 20 minutes to go just to kind of, you know, just to kind of navigate it, then then fine. Then you could probably do that in Guru Ryton. But yeah, it was, it was, it's, it was, it's both a tough one, but also at the same time, like, what options do you really have um in, in terms of in terms of doing that? But I thought I thought I thought the the guru Neve Charles at both as the dual striker number nines, I thought at at points actually kinda looked okay. It didn't actually look that bad. And I think Neve Charles as as a striker, I think very quickly is like I can almost see why she's really big like she's really tall so I can see her being this like weird focal like obviously she would need she she does not play the position but be like this big power striker just kind of hold the ball up she was like to me like a mix of this like false nine but then still big enough to be like this target player in there and kind of making these runs in behind it's it looked weird at first but I was like I don't hate it so yeah it was it was actually kind of cool to see that
0: yeah I guess you almost got this like the four four two esque thing and it's funny because I know Emma Hayes is like a big historic fan of the little and large type striking duos. um and I feel like this is kind of what you got where you got Neve Charles as you know, maybe the the bigger type player who was able to hold the ball up and then Guru, who's the more kind of technical finisher because I think. Yeah, Nive Charles definitely has some good finishing in her, and and we've seen it at points. Um, you know we saw it in that game against Everton this season. But I feel like she had a couple of opportunities where you could see that like she wasn't quite up to it. Whereas I felt like Guru, whenever she was in good positions, we saw a lot more um, precise technical levels of play. Um, but yeah, I feel I totally agree. It is a bit like you don't want Guru to start, but what is the option? I'm kind of inclined to agree that maybe I'd have just given Amy Claypole the start and been like, fuck it. But then I guess you risk, say, bringing on Salmon for 20 minutes at the end. And I don't know. I generally trust that... I I do believe that we've seen over the past couple of seasons that Chelsea's medical department seem to be quite good at assessing where players are physically in terms of the minutes they're playing. So I guess that's one of those things where you just kind of have to trust and hope for the best. Um, But we should also talk about Alzu Abdelina, a player who lots of people obviously like to keep an eye out for, someone who's really, really captured the hearts of Chelsea fans. And, you know, we were saying before we started recording, is someone who, no matter when she pops up, no matter when she plays, just comes in at a really, really high level, which is not what you'd expect for a player who's played as few minutes as her, and also is as young as her.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Harry Edwards, you know, front of the pod tweeted, you know, he's tweeted here saying 17 minutes against Vlatsnia in, in the Champions League, 15 minutes against Leicester, you know, 24 minutes against West Ham in the Conti Cup, 14 minutes against Brighton, and obviously now she's completed like her first 90 minutes. And in three of those five games, she's got three assists. And you're like, you know, 160 minutes, three assists. That's, that's not bad reading for you know for the limited number of minutes that she got there and she just looks like you know i mean it's weird because she looks like someone that can actually contribute you know when in all these in in these in these tough fixtures that are coming up in terms of rotation and things like that i think maybe there needs to be a little bit more trust in in her and her ability now because you know when she was playing in russia she was playing week in week out right albeit it's the russian league it wasn't the greatest league in the world but you that that has, something has to you know something has to be taken into consideration there where you're like, okay, she came from a team that where she was playing on a regular basis. She played for her national team. There's got to be some level of almost respect given to the way she can perform. And I feel like this game against Reading just kind of possibly might've told Emma Hayes, all right, maybe this is someone now I can trust on a regular basis going through the next season, because you know, if they're going to play like that Villa game in a couple of weeks time after the double, the double header against, you know, in the champions league, like that could be a game. You could start her again. I'm not saying we need to start her against City, but you know, with 15 minutes to go, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be averse to bringing her on. You know, like just for for for, for you know adding in an extra defender or adding in an extra attacker, um, and giving giving her skill set. So yeah, I mean, like, you know, we'll talk about the academy players soon, but like the she's playing as little minutes as those academy players in a sense, and but she's showing the quality that is like. 10 times better in, in a sense. Like her touch is really good. That assist that she had for Guru Wright was actually, I thought it was a really good, really good well-timed run. Um, and, and, and the presence of mind to say, all right, I'm not going to shoot myself. I'm going to pass across for Guru and, and let her score.
0: And how many times do we see a player actually fuck up that pass that looks so yeah. simple? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. okay, yeah, Guru was, was on her own, but we do see players, like, they scuff it or they delay too long. And, you know, yeah, not only the run, but also I think the timing and all of that just showed a real level of intelligence.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And then if, if you look at that goal again, the keeper and the defender are, like, converging together. So the gap to actually get that ball across is actually kind of small. And I thought... It was just the inch perfect pass, the intelligence, I think. So I think just that moment alone for me was just like, all right, this she's ready to play. I, I really do think that she's she's ready to give a little bit more to this team than 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 what she has. And you know, maybe it's taken an injury crisis to, to understand how good she is and 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 bring her bring her forward. But yeah, I think I really do think that, you know, Elsa Abdelina has to ha, has a role to play. And not just because she's got half the same name as I do. Yeah. I really think she needs to start playing.
0: Yeah, I hopefully we we see more from her because I think we've seen her you know be trusted more as the season's gone on and and I think she's getting rewarded for for the minutes that you know she she has shown. Um okay, next I think we should talk about the other kind of standout shifteroo which was Maron playing in midfield. Um obviously we saw this for a very very short amount of time against United, but here she was like Firmly playing as a kind of eight. And I thought it was fine. I kind of liked it. I I felt like, obviously, it was a bit of a strange thing, I think, to see her and Sophie playing together. But, again, this comes back to something I've said before, which is that it amazes me how little we've seen Maren Mielda play this season. Because this game kind of showed and proved that she is a player who will always give you a certain level of quality no matter where she is on the
1: pitch 100% 100% like you know we were I mean if I remember we were all shocked when she started against Man City at the end of the season and she came out with a pretty decent game coming out from right back over there and then she starts in midfield here it's it's. I, I know that Marin's not playing because of you know coming back from the injury and obviously there are other players around that, 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 that I think Emma Hayes wants to trust and plays wants to play more but Again, another player that's probably has fresher legs, and is looking good. Like you know, like and and has played in probably three different positions now. he's played a right back, a little bit of centre back, and now as as a defensive midfielder. And you, you almost look at you know all three positions and go, Marin has the intelligence and the experience and 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 the capability to play all three positions really really well. And at the same time, you like you could trust her in like a big game because. She's already proven it against Man City. She came on against United, like you said, and played a little bit over there. So and, and did her job. And here, she kind of was. To me, Marin was the was the was almost like the leader on the pitch. She to me felt like the one that was controlling the controlling the team, controlling the tempo. Kind of even when and when she wasn't on the ball, like kind of controlling where everybody was going. So I was super impressed. Like I'm not averse to Marin starting again in, in midweek against Leon because it just. There was a little bit of an assurity with her in the pitch. I felt like you know, it was, it was like there was a there was a calm-headedness a level like I think if if things go wrong you can count on on Marin Milley and, and and say someone like a Magda in in that in in that trio at the back to just kind of calm things down for Chelsea. Like I know Aaron and I know Sophie's that player as well, but like to me Aaron just sorry Marin just looks like this leader in midfield and I feel like when you're coming up against, you know, big players like a Damaris and a, uh, you know, Jennifer Marijan, a Lindsay Horan, you know, when you're playing against them in three, four days, you need someone who's got that mentality and knows how to navigate that big game. So yeah, I I mean, I I really thought Marin was really good and, and again, should be playing a lot more than she has.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I'd like to see her start against Leon, just because she, it's like what you're saying. She brings a level of calm and a level of gravitas. And, you know, sometimes I think she does get caught out for her speed. But I feel like broadly compared to some of the performances maybe we've seen defensively recently, she's ranks a lot higher than certain players right now. And she's, she's reliable. And it doesn't always feel like there's a huge amount of players within the Chelsea team team on a defensive basis who you can really say that about that you know you you kind of know what their level is and they're not gonna drop in and out and sometimes I feel like there's too many players who potentially might have a good game or might have an awful game and you don't really know what you're gonna get whereas I feel like do you know what you can get <laughs> and you can consequently game plan for that like do you need to tell your winger to be prepared to drop back more because you're playing Mara behind them. Like, fine, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do, and you can, you know, you can think about doing that. And, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. We'll we'll talk about defence in a minute. Let's just quickly talk about, obviously, why we had this weird lineup. So, no Erin, I assume, hamstring strain, which is very strain, clearly, it's still out. Uh, Paraset, I think, was a precaution. Czankovic, a bit unclear, but also I think wasn't fit to start against United. Obviously, lots of players out injured or seeming to pick up these little injuries. And there's a point in every team season, I think, where this starts to happen for them. And it's maybe not surprising that it's happening for us during the craziest month we were going to have, March. How worried are you about the impact of these absentees ahead of not only this first leg against Leon on Wednesday, but also that, that game against Manchester City that we've got on Sunday?
1: It's tough. I mean, it's tough because you when you've got these short turnarounds between the next three games and like Leon City Leon, you are then putting a huge amount of strain on the players they're gonna start in like three three, four days' time. Like I think those those players are gonna have to because it, it, it's weird because you know you've got such a thin squad I think more so for players like Aaron Cuthbert and, and say Yelena Kankovic you look around and go if I get injured there's literally nobody else to play in that position right because for example Luka Kankovic she's the third number 10 after Panila Hada and Frank Kirby and she basically she's like well if I get injured there's nobody else and then you know do players maybe start playing within themselves a little bit like you know, not not actively, but maybe subconsciously, start going. You know, I'm gonna maybe not run into that tackle or do anything because of the injury crisis and and, and potentially that's there. And you know, suddenly, you know, you you get even one minor injury, and you have to take somebody off and bring somebody on. You have to then readjust an entire team, and then you're then weakening. You're then you're inevitably weakening one area of the pitch, regardless of where you're trying to to patch up. And if you're gonna keep doing patchwork. You know, teams like Leon and Manchester City, who you know, who are both, I think, are slightly on the up and and coming back into form at the right time for themselves, um, can really take advantage. I mean, like we're looking at Reading today, Reading didn't take full advantage. They scored a goal, which could have easily have turned into three, four goals. but you know, another team on another day, can 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 really punish you and if you you're gonna you know if you're gonna have strain on one players and and maybe we won't see it in the first game in three days time but maybe in a week's time or in two weeks time we're gonna maybe start seeing that strain and then suddenly you go you know normally you know say x player would have made that tackle or x player would have made that run but just because of the tiredness the fatigue and and the strain of having to play three games in a row you know in this period with the pressure and everything that's going on because let's not get it wrong, this is probably three of the most important games of the season so far, you know, if not anything, because you want to progress through the semifinal across the two legs, but then you can't drop points against City because then that's a huge game in the WSL race for the title over there. So it's, um, it's, it's a tough one. So I, I, think, it, I, it's, I think it's something that, uh, you know, if one or two players can come back, then it's a huge uh, load off everybody else's shoulders.
0: Yeah and listen Emma Hayes and Chelsea are some of the least communicative in the country when it comes to talking about injuries and things like that which is partially why not only are we in the dark it's almost like you can't even really everything that gets said about it you then have to take with another pinch of salt because stuff that can be made to sound innocuous then turns out to be more long term etc etc you know when Aaron Cuthbert missed the Brighton game with the hamstring strain, I thought, oh, you know, she might be back before United. And here we are, 10 days later. So it's a really tricky one. Fingers crossed. There was just a level of, you know, I know they were only in Reading, but if players weren't fit for whatever reason, just leave them at home. There's there's no point taking them there. And and hopefully we will, we will see them in Lyon. Maybe it was a bit of mind games as well, because, you know, I know that Leon uh, didn't feature Ada Hegerberg, and then everyone's like, oh, she's going to come back for the Chelsea game. So, And I would say that I would much prefer to have Jelena Kankovic and Ada Hegerberg in my team. <laughs> okay, we're going to take another ad break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about some of that defensive stuff that Abdullah just started touching on. So Abdullah, obviously, it felt like the game started off pretty chill. I felt like Chelsea were kind of in control, scored at a great time. You know, Jess Carter can't can't get out of the goals now since she's in them. Followed it up perfectly with a lovely Maramielder penalty. And at 2-0, I'm thinking, sweet, this is exactly the way we wanted this game to go. And almost immediately, it looks like Reading hit back. Okay, the goal was offside, but it felt like from that moment, there was just a bit of knees within Chelsea's defence?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think um, I was, I was getting worried because I was like, if this is, you know, if this is, um, if this is what we're looking at against Reading, what is going to happen in in a few days time? Because like, I I think we were saying like three of the four of these, and if you're looking at it as a back four, three of the four of these players are players you would normally play in 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 a, in a strongest 11? I mean, Millie Bright for sure. Mag Derrickson can easily be put in there. And Jess Carter is usually a rotation option coming up in, in any of those positions. So you look at it and you go, I mean, if you guys are, you know, we're playing, we're playing like this now, like what happens in a few days' time? And it's, and, you know, we were saying just before recording, was like, Kiddish Buchanan isn't actually playing any better than any of them. And, it's a little bit of a worry, it's a little bit of a concern that that if, if, if you know, the other centre-back on the bench is, is not playing as well, then, you know, what happens? I mean, I wouldn't have been averse to just playing Buchanan over Millie Bright. Like, if you want to rest somebody, you rest Millie Bright. Like, I don't even remember the last time she's not played any minutes. Like, I think she's played 90 minutes every single week of every single competition, at least in the last couple of months, for sure, you know? Um, so... It was. It was. I mean, I. I think they could have navigated it with Buchanan in there alongside Magda Ericsson, But I, have we even seen that pairing, Magda and and Buchanan? Because I don't think that's been a pairing at all that I can ever remember. But
0: if we have, maybe I've like blocked it out my mind because it sounds stressful.
1: Yeah, yeah it sounds very stressful. I know. Oh <laughs> uh, God, I don't even think about it now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like it. It worried me because you'd think that between Magda Millie. Who have been center back pairing for like years. Like they should know each other's game, like the back of their hands. And then you've got Musevic, who is obviously Swedish. And so her and Magda have a connection. And then, you know, the three of them have played together a lot this season. So you'd think that it would be a lot better, a lot more sturdier in there. But it was just, it was just scary how like there were times when Reading just got through and you're like, what? Like, what is going on? It's not like you're playing, up and playing against Delphine Cascarino or like, you know, you know, uh, you know, Alessio Russo. You, you, this is, this is, you know, this is, this is. I mean, with all due respect, this is Reddings. But if Redding can can open up chances, and if they had better, you know, shooting accuracy, uh, it, it just could have easily been three two or, or three three at some point. So yeah, I don't even know what was happening in this game. I was just tensed, you know, with looking at this defensive display.
0: Yeah, and I mean, for me. It is hard because I do feel like some of it has come down to to the performances recently of Magda Eriksson, which is a, it's a tough position to be in, and I don't know whether the contract situation is a big distraction. I could understand why it would potentially be if you say already know you're out of the club, and not that you're not like giving it your all because I don't believe that she's that kind of player, but you know maybe you start to feel about things a bit differently and. It just feels like, actually, ever since she came back from, from that injury against Wolfsburg last season, we've really not seen the best of her in the same way, whether it's been at left-back, whether it's been a centre-back. And I I actually feel like we've seen her played in both those positions quite regularly, and it doesn't really feel like anything's fixing it. But I, I do also agree with you. It's not like Katisha Buchanan fills me with a whole lot more confidence. I am hoping we can just put this down maybe to... A bit of distraction, a bit of choosing to switch off when you're tuning up against Reading, a bit of Santa Troll's guard just kind of taking things into her own hands. But there is that element just of of switching off from a lot of players in the, in the back line, which with Leon on the horizon feels a bit nerve wracking. I will say, I think it's it's really tough because obviously you look at the Arsenal game, and you say, that was a lot of players switching off. But then you look at the United game and you think, well, lots of players did really well to to concentrate in that game and then put put on a pretty flawless performance. Um, it's, yeah, I would be surprised, I think, if we see Magda start against Leon. Um, I wonder if we'll see the reversion to the United defence. But it's, it's obviously been, it's a bit of a tough one out there and it feels like this is something that maybe Codie Buchanan was meant to fix and that hasn't quite worked out however on four and therefore you're kind of once again cycling through players but let's let's move on to something a bit brighter because part of the reason maybe this game did feel a bit nervy at points is because Emma Hayes made changes exciting changes young changes very early on in this game I was really intrigued when I was watching. I was like, "Oh, I wonder at what point like are we are we just gonna see Amy Claypole, for example, kind of get a ten minute run out? How how much are the names on the bench like just there like for the match day experience, or are they actually gonna get minutes?" and and they got minutes. Um, Ashanti Ackman and Amy Claypole got a good what twenty or so minutes, and then yeah. Keris Brown and Rihanna Blades kind of coming up, coming on at the end as well. Uh, I don't know. We we obviously saw Amy Claypole come on against. Uh, Brighton and and this is something that the injuries allow for right because when we've got our full squad we don't have room on the bench even for these players so even if we go 4-0 up against a team we can't turn around and bring them on and in some ways it's nice to see that at least when they are on the bench that Hayes is willing to give them the minutes because you know when we saw Claypole against Brighton for example I don't think she touched the ball. Whereas today we were both saying like, okay, you can really see why she's so highly rated.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and I felt, I felt like, you know, Emma Hayes bringing on, uh, Shanti Ackman and, and Amy Claypole, and the minutes that they, that they did come on against when Karis Brown and Rihanna Blades came on. I think you can tell that she rates those two higher, obviously, because she's given them more minutes compared to the other two. And, um, I think especially with Amy Claypool, I think you saw that she, she was, she was, why she's highly rated, she was running around, she was trying to, she was trying to press really high, a couple of decent moments on the ball, playing a few passes down into the, into the wing. And, you know, there is a player there that you look at and you go, right, I think, I think there's a real player in there that could over time develop and, and maybe even become part of the, the first team as a, as a, as a rotation squad member. I think, I think there is, there is somebody out there. Uh, that, that that I think she can she can really become well and um, it's good to see that you know Emma Hayes is giving youth a little bit of a chance in these games. Like yeah, like you said, like the bench is so full at times you can't like and the and the funny thing is you can't even just put one of them on the bench because then you're dropping a big player that's usually in the first team and and I, I guess it it goes to show the um, the de- you know the 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 strong. I think squad of 16-18 that, that Chelsea can put out when when they are fully fit. Um, but I, I really do think that a couple of these players have to make it, you know. I think the way things are going, I know that Neve Charles came from, from, from Liverpool and she's a young player that came from there. And obviously you've got Aaron Cuthbert, who's again another 22, 23-year-old there. But I think there needs to be one of these academy players needs to make it in some capacity where maybe they're not starting every single game but they're coming on as very reliable rotation options and 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 backups to to a lot of these players because i really do think that there is there is i think chelsea maybe not even maybe not this summer potentially maybe next summer there is going to be a change of era i think there's going to be a change of guard and i think there's a couple of players there you know um that i think could be knocking on the door and you know, Amy Claypole has the potential to be one of them. Obviously, you know, we have players on loan like Agaveva Jones who could come in and, and do a job and things like that. But, you know, I think there's, there's at le- and the good thing is at least there are two, three potential options that you can really go and say, all right, I can really see you being a potential Chelsea player in the next couple of seasons rather than, you know, maybe players where you go, I really don't know where you're at right now. So yeah, I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's all really good and, and bright for the, for the future.
0: Yeah, and I also just think that visibility is good on so many levels because lots of these players are players we've kind of seen in and around the squad before. Obviously, Ackham made the Champions League bench earlier in the season. We've seen Claypole getting her Chelsea debut last year. Rihanna Blades had a very fantastic outing in a pre-season game against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium a couple of seasons ago. So I think that does two things. One... Women's Academy football is so kept behind closed doors and I kind of understand that. I think there are good reasons for, you know, it it not needing the level of exposure, but at the same time, it is sometimes hard to know what exactly is going on. So I think it's great for the fans to kind of see that there is this pipeline of of talent coming through and it's not just one player, it's, it's a number of players. And also at the same time, it's important to players in and around the club to see that too, because, for example, you know, we've seen Arsenal uh, play Ajuman quite a couple, quite a few times this season. But she's the only player from their academy who gets in and around their bench despite the injury uh, problems they've had. And she's like 17 years old. And I just feel like if there were, if I was in the Arsenal academy, I would be like, Why don't I get a look in here, you know, when there is these points on the bench and places on the bench where I I could get a chance. And I feel like you could then look at Chelsea and be like, why does that club give players even just the experience of being in and around the first team in a way that my club doesn't? And I think that's going to be increasingly important as Players do, you know, we are in a world now where it's not just about which is the first first club that taps you up when you're a 10-year-old, you know? Like, people are going to think seriously about where they want their kids to develop in the way that they do in men's football. And I think to be able to show players, parents, that this is a place where, okay, it's not necessarily that there's this obvious pathway into the first team, but that you will get experiences in and around a first team that that plenty of other clubs aren't giving their youngsters right now. So I think that's a really, really positive thing to see. Okay, let's wrap up this for today, Abdullah. Who are you going with for your player of the match? On Twitter, we had in our poll, also Abdelina, Guru Rice, and Jess Carter, and Maren Mielder. Are you going for one of those four?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go for one of those four, but I'm not going to go for... uh, I think I'm going to go for, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give it to um, Alto Abdelina. I'm gonna give it to her. I thought, I thought okay. she was really good. Yeah, 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 I thought she was really good. I thought, you know, the, the, for someone coming, coming into a game having hardly played in the last few weeks and months and to produce a performance like that over 90 minutes, regardless of the opposition, I thought was really good. And the assist was just, was so intelligent that I thought, right, yeah. I think she deserves, it. and for me, a close second is definitely Marin Mielder For me, there again, another player experience came in, kept it clean, but you know, and kept it kept it going. But yeah, I thought I thought was was really really good. So yeah, I'll give it to Elsa
0: fair enough I'm going to be a basic bitch and give it to Guru Wrighton because <laughs> she did kind of make everything good happen and, and credit to her because she must be knackered uh, but yeah I think Alcy and Maron were both really really good shouts uh, the draw for the FA Cup semi-finals because even though I guess Abdullah and I have maybe talked a bit negatively um, we actually are you, would, you wouldn't know it necessarily we are in the FA Cup semi-final draw is on Tuesday morning at 9.15 I've asked if Julie Flatty is doing it and if she can get us a good draw but she says she has been asked yet so uh other teams in the semi-finals will be united who beat lewis 3-1 today brighton who beat birmingham 2-0 and one of villa or city currently 1-1 there at half time you will know that result before we do because we're in the past um all right so coming up yes it is leon finally on wednesday oh i'm scared, oh, I'm uh, so scared. City. I'm so scared <laughs> everyone is scared scream with us ah uh. um, <laughs> then it is City away because why not uh, then we've got Leon at home Aston Villa away then thank god it's the international break Emma Hayes pull all your players out of the national teams please um so yeah plenty to get our teeth through hopefully we will wait I mean we will actually have a Leon preview forgot about that this is why you should write things down as your notes jesse we will have a leon preview for you before that game on wednesday and then we will of course be covering that as well as everything else but until then chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high